What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we have the usual. It's just another wonderful day. You know, welcome to the episode for those of you just joining us. This is what we do. We talk about all things baseball. We're here every single day. If you want your daily dose of baseball, this is the place to get it. So jumping right into it, I saw something on the ticker at the bottom of the screen while I was watching ESPN that Chris Paddock is undergoing Tommy John surgery. So I'm gonna, I, I decided to look into it. It's a bummer because, you know, the Twins just traded for this guy, actually. They traded for him on the eve of opening day, and they gave up a good player in return. They gave up Taylor Rogers, their closer, and corner outfielder Brent Rooker out to San Diego to get three years of service time for Chris Paddock. Well, at least one of those years is going to be out the window because... Chris Paddock is getting Tommy John surgery. He had Tommy John surgery on Wednesday. And this is actually the second time he's having Tommy John in his career. He had it as a Padres prospect back in 2016. So Paddock already presented a bit of a health red flag himself. Because in addition to his prior Tommy John, he had, he actually hit the injured list late last September due to inflammation in his throwing elbow. So there's a lot of stuff going on in that throwing elbow, and that proved to be a season-ending issue. And he returned to start this year, and then on May 8, he left his start because of more elbow or renewed elbow inflammation in his throwing arm. And then reports thereafter suggested surgery might prove necessary. He had the surgery on Wednesday. Paddock is still just 26, though. But he's, he's proven to be a bit of an enigma from both a health perspective and a per- performance perspective because he was lights out as a rookie, throwing 140 innings with 3.33 ERA ball. That's obviously going to get the job done. But then his production ticked down in both of the following seasons. His ERA jumped north of 4.7 in both those years, and he just really couldn't keep the ball in the yard. And the Padres just continued to stockpile starting pitching talent over that time, and then Paddock fell outside the top five or six arms on the rotation depth chart, and they figured he was expendable and they could get rid of him. So the Twins are, are going are gonna to work with him to rehab, and hopefully he can come back sometime next year. You know, the, the timeline for Tommy John is about 12 to 14 months for a full recovery, so maybe we can see him towards the end of next season. Uh, that, that would be best for him. M- missing... All of 2023 would be terrible for his development. Even if he comes and makes a couple bullpen appearances at the end of the season, that's really good for him to see that live game action and really get his arm back into game shape, just you know, being being there. But it's still too early to tell. I'm just saying based on history, what we've seen with pitchers when they miss time due to Tommy John. But in the meantime, the Twins are going to have to make do with their other pitching options. Joe Ryan and Chris Archer are the only two guys who have made every single start so far in the rotation. Dylan Bundy has missed some time with COVID. He and Sonny Gray are back, though. You know, Sonny Gray had a brief hamstring strain on the he a brief IL stint with a hamstring strain. And then um, Bailey Ober shouldn't be far behind. So it's going to be Joe Ryan, Chris Archer, Dylan Bundy, Sonny Gray, and Bailey Ober. That's going to be the five-man rotation. But the Twins you know, have, have impressed so far this year. They've been pretty darn good, and not many people saw that coming. I will also say the Twins sent down Royce Lewis. They sent him down to the minor leagues on Tuesday, I believe, because Carlos Correa 
is due back from the injured list. And that's, you know, it's it's funny because if we're being honest, Royce Lewis played way better than whatever they got from Carlos Correa. But obviously, they're paying Carlos Correa $35 million this year. So And Royce Lewis is, is, is still pretty young. They would rather give Correa the chance to break out of it, play him every day, and let Lewis get every day at bats in AAA rather than putting Lewis on the bench because he needs to play. He can't be sitting on the bench right now. But in his brief stint up in the bigs for these few weeks, he's shown a lot of problems. He's shown why he was the number one overall pick in 2017. And he'll be back. He'll be back soon. They'll find a way to get his bat in the lineup. But they don't want to move him all around the diamond just yet. They want to be comfortable at shortstop. So we'll see what approach they take for the rest of the season. I, I, I can't imagine Royce Lewis sticking down in the minor leagues for the rest of the season. I just can't imagine. He played too well. He hit way too well at the big league level for him to stay down there. Let's move out to Baltimore, where the Yankees played the Orioles. Garrett Cole is on the mound, and he has been dominant of late. The Yankees have been dominant of late. They are they are 21-3 in the last 24 games. But since picking up his first win of the season on April 24th, since then, Garrett Cole has pitched a 1.67 ERA. You know, he, his first few outings of the year was were pretty rough, and then since then, he's he's been back to vintage. I've been saying the slander on this guy is way too much. I was a huge fan of the signing when this, I mean, I'm a Red Sox fan. You guys know that, but I mean, I knew it was a great signing when the Yankees got him, even though he's being paid an enormous amount of money. I thought it was well worth it because he, he's shown like he can pitch against any team in the toughest divisions and he can eat a lot of innings and he is durable. That is one thing I really like about Garrett Cole. He's very durable. He makes almost all his starts, doesn't get hurt a lot and goes deep in the games. We're seeing that right now. So Yankees won 3-2 over the Orioles on Wednesday evening at Camden Yards. And, you know, Garrett Cole has just been lights out. Absolutely. Um, I mean, first three starts of the year, like I said, he had a 6.35 ERA. Since then, though, since then, he has just been phenomenal. Phenomenal. 1.67. Tuesday night in, sorry, Wednesday night in Baltimore, it was two runs over seven innings he gave up against the Orioles. And he's permitted just 26 hits over his last 32 innings. So he's been really good. The Yankees have been really good. They're 28-9. and They're off to their best 37-game start since 1998. That was a season in which they won 114 games and swept their way to a World Series victory. But the Yankees have won their last nine series. They have been really, really good. Let's head to Texas, where Shohei Otani was on the mound for the Angels. He brought his best stuff to the mound on Wednesday, but it actually wasn't enough. The Angels lost to the Rangers 6-5 in 10 innings at Globe Life Field. But during Otani's last start on May 11, his fastball topped out at just 93.3. But his velo, actually, sorry, it topped out 93.3 in his final inning and averaged 96 miles an hour over the whole start. That was on May 11. But then against the Rangers on Wednesday, he averaged 98.6 and maxed out at 101. So his velo came back in a week. And exactly seven days later. And overall, he turned in six innings, allowing two runs, striking out seven. And, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that's what you want to see coming out of Otani. He's just, he's special. He's special. And, and by the way, there is one guy on the Rangers who has Shohei Otani's number, who hits him really well, and that is Jonah Heim. Jonah Heim, catcher for the Rangers, he is now 5-for-5 five five with a double, a grand slam, and seven RBIs in two 
matchups against Otani this season. On Wednesday, Heim was 3-for-3 with two RBIs against Otani, tied the game at two in the sixth inning. And yeah, Jonah Heim has his number. So for some reason, he he absolutely, he, he locks in. He, every hitter has the pitcher that they see the ball well against, and Shohei Otani is that guy for Jonah Heim. Mike Trout did Mike Trout things. He did homer in this game. And, you know, we're seeing Mike Trout creeping up that home run leaderboard now. He is in third place on the home run leaderboard. He has a hundred, sorry, he has 11 homers. He, he homered in the fourth inning of this game. And yeah, I mean, Trout is hitting 320 with 11 homers and 1121 OPS. Well on his way to another all-star selection. I mean, heck, he's in the MVP race as he deserves to be, as he often is. So, yeah, we, we saw the Rangers win this game, though. Score of 6-5. Still, oh, actually, no, not still struggles. A, a nice bounce-back game from Marcus Semyon. I've been keeping my eye on him. He was 3-5. for five, And, you know, people were talking about how did this guy become the worst hitter in baseball overnight. I mean, went from being one of the best hitters last year and then all of a sudden fell off a cliff. His numbers are not pretty to start the year. But a step in the right direction on Wednesday night for him. Let's head to Colorado where the Rockies beat the Giants. I'm mentioning this game because CJ Crone, CJ Crone has been has been mashing since last year actually. Since about the second half of 2021, he has just been hitting a lot of home runs. He's continuing to do so this year. He is 10 and you know, among the league leaders also. 10 home runs in the year. He he hit one yesterday and uh Help the Rockies get a 5-3 win over the Giants. Rockies are only one game below 500. they they They're playing pretty decent baseball right now. In Philadelphia, the Phillies beat the Padres 3-0. Zach Wheeler, seven shutout innings with nine punchouts. I will say that Bryce Harper is going to be out for six weeks. On the throwing side of things, he's not sorry. He's not going to be out. Let me not say it that way. He's he can't throw for six weeks, so he's not going to be in the outfield. But he will be DHing. So the lineup they threw out on Wednesday night was Odubel Herrera in right field, Roman Quinn in center, Nick Castellanos in right, Schwarber DHing. With Harper becoming the permanent DH, that will probably squeeze out Roman Quinn. You'll probably see Roman Quinn get squeezed out of there, if I had to guess. Then you would have Odubo Herrera in center, Castellanos in right, Schwarber in left, and Harper DHing. That is probably what will happen in Philadelphia. But the Phillies get a 3-0 win over the Padres. And last but not least, let's head to Boston where the Red Sox beat the Astros 5-1. This was an interesting one because Nick Pavetta gave up a leadoff home run to Jose Altuve. Looked like the Astros were on their way to another beat down of the Red Sox after what they did on Tuesday. But then Pavetta settled down and ended up throwing a complete game two hitter with eight punch outs against the Astros. Completely shut them down after that. I mean, only they, there was only one more hit in the game, and that was Michael Brantley later hitting a double, and that was it. Complete game two hitter. So hats off to Nick Pavetta for not getting rattled, for settling down and delivering a very good start, much needed for the Red Sox as they beat the Astros 5-1. So that's going to do it for today, folks. That's where we stand. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.